Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, Stats Focus podcast about UGA football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And we are here as a sort of quick intro um, and uh, some housekeeping notes and things right before this big Vanderbilt game. It's normally a Vanderbilt preview game uh, podcast, but um, Nathan hung out with uh, our friends Josh Hanter and Graham Coffey and Thomas Stevenson from Anchor of Gold this week so that y'all could actually hear uh, what stats there are to talk about for this uh, this sad, sad game that's coming up this weekend, what is to be uh, our last in-conference game. You want to tell the folks at home a little bit about what y'all did? Yeah, uh, so we had the guy from, uh, we had Thomas Stevens, one of the writers at Anchor, Anchor of Gold over there uh, on the Vandy SB Nation side of things. Uh, we talked about, you know, I mean, full disclosure, we did not get a lot going when it came to actual on-field stuff. Uh, most of what we talked about was just what Vandy can be, what Vandy should be, and just, you know, kind of stuff like that. We, you know, we, we got a little bit of numbers, and I, I really, there's not much to say about this game. Georgia should win this game running away. Uh, we got kind of tangentially into the, uh, the female kicker situation or whatever. Um, we're not going to really get too much into that at all because, I don't know, seems like a good way for us to just lose more fans. Um, <laughs> And <laughs> you know where we stand. Yeah. Yeah. I think anyone who listens to this, anyone who listens to this podcast at this point knows that we don't like regressive jackasses. So you can decide for yourself whether or not that's you. So uh, I think, you know, in what you're about to listen to, hopefully we get into some interesting things about Vandy. I think Vandy is sort of an interesting crossroads. And it seems like that uh, Thomas, the guy that we talked to, sort of feels like that there's some outside of football issues holding that football team back. And it was, actually a pretty interesting talk um we'd be we'd love if you listen to it um before we get into it do we have some like podcast business we want to talk about yeah so this is the last game of the 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 conference uh the regular season for us well unless we play missouri unless we play missouri which it i don't know we'll see what happens it it there's a chance that we're sitting here talking about this game this weekend and it it may not even happen because various players are opting out and covid protocol etc etc and uh, I'm sure plenty of those players don't really care to even play, you know, as this team sits zero seven zero eight. I don't I don't recall um, what Vanderbilt's record is at this point. But yeah, there's a good chance this may be the last game of the season. But if it's not, you know, we'll talk about Missouri next week. Sure. But it's been it's been right. a weird season. And so we, we just wanted to kind of have like a, you know, a moment of levity because that's not what we do at all, is it? Hardy har har. But yeah, it, th- this has been a weird season. It's been a weird season for Chapel Bell Curve. It's been a weird season for everybody. It's been a weird season for for Georgia football and beyond. And so, uh, we want to say thank you all for for being part of it. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're so happy to have anyone who listens in our in our little community here. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very special to both of us, and we're very appreciative. And uh, we say thank you and, and tell you we're we're grateful a lot. But there's never an amount we can say. Uh, enough to to really convey those those feelings truly to all of you who are listening right now um, and maybe listening in the future but uh, one good thing that did come out of this season is that we the official number of of, of dollars that were donated to the dogs for pups campaign this this season were fourteen hundred dollars and so that's fourteen hundred dollars they didn't have before and that's fourteen hundred dollars they have now because of you and uh, it, it feels apropos that this is it's this is the giving season and so uh if you're not familiar with what the giving season is it's it's you know the the biggest fundraising portion of the year for nonprofits and organizations and charitable funds like dog for pups so uh i'm pretty hoarse and flimmy right now because i've been doing nothing but talking about giving season uh you know since my day job is nonprofit 
um, I know that they're thankful for you guys. I can speak on their behalf by saying that. And, and we're both thankful for you guys, uh, for, for being so generous with your hard earned money. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we are so happy in general, even outside of the charity of everything that the discord community has become this year. We would encourage you that, you know, when we boot back up to Patreon, we'd encourage you to get in. Uh, we're going to work on, you know, well, we're going to talk about the mechanics of everything because we still want people to be able to get into the Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll figure some stuff out going forward. Um, but we have been so happy with everything that's happened and we'd love for you to get involved. And I think we have some cool plans for the off season that are not mm-hmm. strictly football related. I think we're going to, uh, you know, just try to keep on having a, um, a, a fun, positive time, right? F- football yeah. or no. So uh, I guess that's about all we have, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that we're going to do some football adjacent stuff on the YouTube channel. Uh, some stuff won't translate well to audio. So just if you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to see Twitter. some of that stuff in our Twitter. And our Twitter. Uh, yeah. And the Twitter, because that's kind of where that's the main way we communicate with everybody other than on these airwaves. Um, but I know Josh and Graham are going to do some basketball things, if that's your jam. And they're going to put those on uh, the Chapel Bell Curve YouTube and we'll just do some other football Jason things. We have some things planned for the holiday season in the next few weeks. So you can get that information on Twitter and uh, on our Discord server if you're on there. If you're not, it's just a buck. Um, but let us know. Uh, but yeah, I think that's that's most of the stuff we got. You got anything else? No, that's about it. Uh, we, we, All right, man. We'd love to hear from you this weekend in the Classic City. But, you know, as we say in, uh, in what you're about to listen to, go dogs. Go dogs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a, um, I will full disclosure say, pretty slappily rushed uh, episode of the Battle Hymnal. We are here to preview our uh, upcoming UGA versus Vanderbilt game uh, between the hedges this weekend, uh, senior day, I think. Right? Uh, and we are, and I'm Nathan Lawrence, you're one of your co-hosts. I am the uh, also the co-host of the Chapel Bell Curve, which is the uh, audio sister product or show to this, what you're watching right now. I'm joined, as always, by Josh Hatcher. Say hello, Josh. Good evening. And the Grand Coffee out in uh, Colorado. Say hello, Graham. Hello. Eyebrow waggle, Graham. There we go. All right. We are joined by a special guest tonight. We are joined by Thomas of uh, Anchor of Gold, which is SB Nation's um, sort of... Uh, Vanderbilt site, right? It's estimation, right? I'm not yeah, yeah. pulling that on my butt. Okay, cool. So uh, we're going to do a pretty quick one here in sort of like deference to all of everyone's schedules and that we're all sort of going crazy right now. Um, so first, let's just hit some stats like we would normally do. Then we're going to get into sort of like things from the Vanderbilt side, a little bit more newsy from Thomas. Um, not that this game doesn't matter or that we don't care, but there's just not a whole lot to say. So, Josh, hit us up. Talk, talk us through what we got here. All right. So I've cooked up from our good friend Brooks over at Clark, Brooks over at uh, StatCat. Uh, these are the, the top, you know, more than 20 plays run uh, by Georgia's offense. Uh, inside zone read, we have a 50, we've run that play 129, play 129 times with a 52% success rate, 5.3 yards per play. Uh, the flood variations, which we've broken down and talked about a lot, is our number one pass play uh, and a 58% uh, success rate, cooking up an 8.8 yard per 
uh, attempt. That's per attempt. That I didn't do the uh, per catch because it would be probably about 14 or 15 yards. And then, of course, the outside, outside zone, inside power, and then the shot variations and the inside zone, which are all very similar. These are all pretty successful plays except for, you know, the shot variations, which I think are, you know, sort of kind of, uh, you know, boomer bust plays. But um, if we go to um, – how so what I've cooked up is a how Vanderbilt defends those plays that we actually are pretty good at. You can see this is the Vandy defense on the inside zone read. They are allowing 55% success rate, seven yards per play. So that is right there. I think that's sort of the end of the stats discussion. <laughs> so, so Georgia has run that play 130 times for five yards of carry, and Vanderbilt has had it run on them for 58 plays and a success rate of 55. Um, and the flood variations, they have only had that uh, run 16 times on them. So they're defending maybe a little bit better in the secondary. Thomas, did you, did you find that to be the case, watching them on, on uh, watching the games, that maybe the secondary might be something that can, we, can, uh, we can shine some positive light on? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I, the, it's, it's hard to say because, I mean, somebody's got to make the tackle eventually and, you know, the – Last guy. <laughs> All right. Well, and so I'm going to go. I'm going to show. Um, I'm going to show the Vanderbilt uh, most popular plays here, most often run plays. Um, and let me see here, Palette. I got a lot of buttons going on. Okay. So uh, Vanderbilt's number one uh, or top four plays. They run that inside zone read. 100. 100 play, 100 plus times, 44% success rate, and a 4.6 yards per attempt. Not bad. Um, that's actually, not, that's, that's actually not bad at all. Yeah, like that's totally confident. Yeah, I mean, that, but the EPA is low. I mean, that tells you right there. It's not a. It's, it, it, it's a. It's a successful play. They're marginally successful, but not a super explosive play. The outside zone um, is, you know, I mean, I'm sure they just show you the same look, same kind of. It's actually, actually, 5.2 yards per attempt and a much higher EPA there. So um, maybe they're going to try to stretch the field on the dogs. Um, and then the flood variations, actually, they're throwing those plays over the middle um, and not a great, <laughs> not a lot of great uh, pass uh, plays happening. And then, of course, I'm going to show, hopefully I can show the Georgia defending those plays. Yeah, uh, Georgia is giving up only 4.1 yards per attempt on those inside zone read runs um, and a 41% success rate. And all those others are sub-40 except for the outside zone. So maybe we're going to be seeing Vanderbilt uh, attack sort of the outside on the edge of those inside zone runs, or excuse me, outside zone runs. So they've actually given up um, uh, a 56% success rate on this place. So that's a lot of numbers. I hope you guys uh, can follow along there. But the the takeaway is Georgia's a better football team, right? I think we can all agree there. Shocker. Yeah, surprised to learn this. So, yeah, I <laughs> you go ahead, Grant. Go ahead, Grant. I mean, I, I think I'm curious, Thomas, like, I haven't watched a ton of Vanderbilt football this year, but it seemed like you guys had a good game against Florida. Uh, there was a good game, I think, before that. Like, I know the season started off really poorly, but it felt like the team was improving. There was some momentum. Things were going well. And then last week, 41 nothing. I don't think you guys crossed the 30-yard line at any point. Like, what, what was going well and then what – was all of a sudden not going well again. 
well, there were so Vanderbilt starting a uh, Ken Seals, a true freshman quarterback this season. Obviously, you expect uh, some growing pains. He's gonna probably gonna be better in November than he is in September. Uh, that was at least part of what was what was happening uh, up until the Missouri game. Uh, you know the offensive play calling was showing a little bit more confidence in the in his ability to attack uh, in the downfield passing game. Um, it, at the same time, I mean, the offensive line just got hammered with uh, COVID opt-outs before the season even started. I think uh, they lost probably three guys who were going to start. Uh, and then there was a four, and then this guy was probably going to be the starting left tackle transferred to Georgia Tech uh, in the off season. Uh, that was absolute bastards. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, well, and I, I can we can maybe get into this a little bit later, but I mean, Bandy loses a lot of grad transfers every year, and there's like some uh, uh, some unrelated crap going into that. And I, I think I heard that guy didn't even play for Georgia Tech uh, in the end. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, when you're starting a true freshman and then you've got just like a complete patchwork offensive line, I mean, you're pretty limited in what you can do. Uh, the surprise is that the defense, I think, brought back like 10 starters from last season and then they just didn't improve at all. Um, you know, you have like uh, Richard Johnson on Twitter was saying a couple of weeks ago, that, like, oh, you know, they gave they held Florida to 38 points. That's a good performance for the defense. Like, um, I would love that. It's a good performance. Okay. Um, and then... I, I watched the Missouri game, and uh, that was just like I don't really know what happened. Uh, Seals looked like he, he didn't have a good game. Um, and, but then, you know, I, there's just who knows what's going on with the program right now. But anyway, uh, that loss led to the uh, firing of Derek Mason. So um, but just whatever I say about the team, just throw it all out the window because we've got an interim coach this week, uh, and who knows what he's going to try to do. Well, a, a related question: Are we are we ready to sort of like transition off of like the actual football conversation here? Uh, I mean, what is there? <laughs> we, I mean, we, we okay. yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to finish that running. Yeah, I'm running some graphics. You know, I mean, you know, we can – It's yeah, Georgia should win this game. I, the curious part is what – I have one football question regarding Saturday's game. I mean, did – and did they quit? Did they not – are they – Missouri is just getting that much better? I mean, the turmoil, this kind of leads into the Sarah Fuller question. I mean, was uh, – what, what happened on Saturday? Talk about Sarah Fuller. Let's, you know, and what's happening right now. You know, I'm really not sure what happened on Saturday. Um, I, I don't let, – let, let me say this. I don't like to ever say that, um, you know, when we're talking about unpaid college athletes, I don't like to say that these guys quit. Um, but it, it, something something went horribly wrong on Saturday, and uh, I don't really know what it was. Um, you know, it, and, of course, we – are all familiar with the national story that came out of that game. And I, you know, I remember going through Twitter during the game and just being so annoyed that I'm watching my team get just completely blown out. And all anyone's talking about is, oh, 
Uh, can they get in field goal range, maybe? And we couldn't even do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think – I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if, if I would love to see it happen, uh, a field goal attempt. I'd love to see her make it or, you know, hell, PAT. Uh, let, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I tweeted it out today because I don't – I mean, I'm, maybe I'm – pulling stuff out of my youth that no one really cares about. But I just think it's kind of cool that what put U.S. women's soccer on the map was the 96 Olympics, which they won gold in Athens at Sanford Stadium, which I think is kind of cool. I don't know if she's going to aware of that or if that's already out there, but I think it'd be pretty neat. I mean, I know that the entire Southeast our country was very excited to see that happen. And, and yeah. uh, you know, maybe maybe there's some bookending symbolism there. I mean, I have I, I got a soccer player son, and my wife went to Vanderbilt, so we were pretty pretty excited to to um, to see that potential. And and uh, yeah. you know, and of course, it was unfortunate this this squib kick, whatever you want to talk about uh, how it was. I mean, you, people are going to hate if they want to hate. People are going to be happy if they're going to be happy. So I think, um, yeah, I just I just hope it's a positive. Uh, it's a, a net positive for for Sarah, for Vanderbilt, for college football, for women athletics. I just I think it's great. I'm excited to see it. I hope I hope all the other stuff doesn't detract away from it. You know, and all the all the stuff that seems to be happening around the program. And and I thought and Kirby Kirby said some pretty positive things about it in his post game presser when he was asked about it, or maybe it was the Monday presser. Yeah, I guess my. And I don't, I don't know if you have any more knowledge of this than I do. I haven't been able to to keep up too much today on Twitter. But, like, with Vanderbilt's COVID situation and then I guess there's a little bit of, like, rumors of some discord internally. Like, do you think this game is going to get played? Do you think Vanderbilt is going to bring a team to Athens this weekend? Yeah. I would, yeah, I mean, right now I would say I, I have no reason to believe that they won't. I think that... Um, the COVID numbers are probably better than they were uh, in mid-October when they had to uh, postpone a game. Um, it, it, I mean, aside from the kickers, obviously, which that was, you know, that's where you got Sarah Fuller getting called in to do a, to do a squid kick is just because apparently all of the kickers had COVID last week. Um, so, uh I, I haven't heard anything. Now, there have been some rumors of guys opting out, um, and there have been a lot of people jumping to their own conclusions about why they're opting out. I uh, I, I think we, we don't know the reasons. I think a lot of the if – there, if there are any uh, players opting out, it's probably going to be guys who were – they were uh, going to be gone after this season either way. Um, it's not guys who are going to um, – who are planning to be on the team next year, let's put it that way. Um, and I don't think this has anything to do with uh, with the, the coaching change either. So from a – I mean, you know, I think we said we've seen this beforehand. Like, you know, neither of these teams have a, have a lot uh, in this season to play for. they got a lot to play for seniors, et cetera. I'm not trying to be like it doesn't matter. I'm just saying there's not an SEC championship at stake here. So as a Vanderbilt fan, is there anything you're looking for, just like signs of life? I mean, like, or anything you'd like to see? Yeah, I mean, I, here what I'd like to see is, so one of the knocks that a lot of Vanderbilt fans had on Derek Mason over the last few years is that like, there's – there have always been, you know, a lot of whispers that he, like, 
he's a defensive guy, but he likes to have a hand in the offense. Uh, he kind of likes to dictate that, oh, we want to be ball control and, you know, we want to, uh, you know, as y'all say, run the dang ball. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think, like, so, I, I think one thing I'm I, – I just kind of want to see what Todd Finch is going to do when, you know, he's in charge and he's, you know, it, 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 was, he, was he really being held back by Derek Mason or – are we about to see Vanderbilt, uh, you know, throw the ball 50 times in a game? Um, I mean, that's really all you really all you can try to look for in a game like this. Um, you know, when you have an interim coach, he's not going. I, I, well, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say this 100, percent but 99 percent, he's not going to get the job permanently. Um, so you know, there's really just. I mean. It's almost like a bowl game when you're, you know, when your team's already, uh, when your coach's already left and, uh, you know, half of your roster is getting ready for ready for the NFL draft. Uh, it's, you yeah. know, uh, I just don't want to see us lose 70 to nothing. That's <laughs> Well, buddy, I have a team for you. Let me tell you. Yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the Georgia Bulldogs. I I think we're gonna probably throw it a pretty good deal because they want to knock the rust off of JT Daniels. But I think once Daniels comes out, it's gonna be hey, we're gonna run inside zone the rest of the game. So we don't really. I mean, it might work, it might not. We're just trying to like run the clock out here. Like I, I really think second second I mean, half is gonna take like an hour. I mean, you guys got the victory lap on JT Daniels and Todd Monken. I'll take my little tiny victory lap whenever we previewed the season. And I was like, it's going to be interesting when these games late in the season, when there's really nothing to play for, uh, what happens to these players. And I've been pleasantly surprised. And I don't know if it's a – I have no idea why more UGA players or how very few have opted out. You know, I mean, I guess there's still something to play for. You know, technically the SEC East is still on the line, but – you know, some of these. Why? I mean, if you're Vanderbilt, why? And, and you're Tennessee, and you're all, and you're Kentucky. Why, these games are even less meaningless than a bowl game. Um, I, I guess you know. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm very. I thought well, there'd yeah. be more of this. I mean, football is is fun, right? I mean, it's supposed to be fun. Like you, yeah, you practice and you lift weights and. You do all this shit all year long, and then, like, the payoff for that is the games when you're on TV. Even if you're on TV getting beat 41 to nothing at Missouri, like, you still have put in a lot of work to get to that spot. And also, I mean, all those guys, they, well, not all of them, but all the underclassmen, yeah. there's the ability to, to put good stuff on tape for the, the next coaching staff. There's also the ability to possibly put stuff on tape for grad transfers. Um, I don't know. I'm sure Vandy does have some guys with NFL aspirations for sure. I mean, they're they're an SEC roster. There's got to be a couple. Yeah, there are at least a couple. Um, uh, but one of them may not be playing this week. He's one of the opt-outs. I guess yeah, we're, we're coming up on 20 minutes, and so I wanted to get your insight as a uh, as a Vandy uh, aficionado. I I'm, I try to avoid asking two parts questions, so I guess this one is inherently two parts, which is, is what we're seeing just what Vanderbilt, like, what are, what's the correct expectation of Vanderbilt? Like, what, what, what is, what is, I know that every fan has expectations, but I'm saying, what's a measured expectation for Vanderbilt for you? 
I mean, right now with uh, with the university culture as it is, I mean, the, the, really the realist realistically, you're talking like seven and five is a good year. Uh, James Franklin went eight and four a couple of times, uh, and I mean that's there. There needs to be some changes. Uh, you know, on the administrative side before you can really expect anything better than that. There's just, I mean, it, the, the way I would put it is, like, it's almost like the university hates the football team sometimes. Um, and it's, you know, when people talk about, well, Vanderbilt doesn't invest in, you know, their locker rooms, and, well, that's that's really just more like a symptom of the problem than the actual problem, because, you know, how many times have you ever seen a recruit say, like, oh, well, I picked this school because I like their locker rooms, but it's, you know, it, it really does go deeper than that, and a lot of things need to be fixed before I can say, like, we should be going, you know, nine and three on a regular basis. Um, you know, and then obviously, I mean, we're still going to share a division with Florida and Georgia, uh, even if we do start paying more attention to football. You guys still own Tennessee, though. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Well, they lost him last year, uh, and yeah, it's it, uh, one of uh, one of our other writers just tweeted out the other day. You know, it's it's interesting that we fired a guy who's 500 against Tennessee in his career. Uh, and you know, I, I I was 21 years old the first time in my life that Vanderbilt beat Tennessee in football. So, you know, we're all just kind of like, no, we won three of six, and now that guy's not good enough for us. Well, it is. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I know you're not like a reporter, reporter, but I mean, from your viewpoint, I, I'm not asking you to like source this. I'm just curious what you think. Like, is a higher is there any hire that's going to help fix that culture? Or does it just have to come from AD slash president slash boosters? Like, is, is that a fixable thing just with a new coach? Or and, and Well, I think you, you kind of saw with James Franklin that you can, you can fix some aspects of the culture just within the locker room. Um, it, I think that – now, I, I do think that they, the new chancellor who just started this year, I think, is trying to fix some things with that. Um, but you also have, like, a lot of tenured faculty who are not going anywhere that just hate the football team. Uh, that is so absolutely wild to me as someone who has worked at and around UGA Athletics. That is – wow. That that would be an impediment. It's crazy. I mean, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at Vanderbilt, they actually pay attention to the faculty is the difference. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish – no, trust me. I wish UJ was more like that. I like – I would prefer that we, like, treated our faculty correctly. Um, yeah. Let me – can I ask a question real quick? So, yeah. Thomas, you become you become the athletic director at Vanderbilt tomorrow. Um, setting aside all these other kind of systemic, deep problems that we're talking about, who do you go and hire as the head football coach at Vanderbilt? Uh, a real uh, candidate that you think Mandy should hire. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was about to say, I mean, are we allowing me to hire Saban? But no. <laughs> I think right now, just off the off the candidates that I've seen, I'd probably go with Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. 
because uh, when you've got Coastal at nine and zero and ranked fourteenth in the country, I think you're doing something right. Uh, but that's he's actually been a favorite of Anchor of Gold for a while. After uh, back in 2014, he was at Charleston Southern and he brought his team into Vanderbilt Stadium and almost beat us. And uh, there were there were some of our uh, some people in the comment thread were saying like. Hey, maybe we should trade coaches with Charleston Southern. Uh, <laughs> and now we might actually end up doing that. Well, it looks like USC is going to screw around and hire somebody worse than them, so you guys might look into this. Right. You know, they're, what, what are they going to hire? Uh, Shane Beamer? That's what I, 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 if Billy I'd be fine with but, who his dad was, not like. <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah, uh, Virginia Tech has really been an, a model of success in the past couple of years that you want to, like, base your program around. Yeah. Freaking USC. Well, um, Thomas, I don't want to keep you anymore. Uh, All right. We thank you so much for coming on on such notice, such notice, yeah. uh, short notice and giving us some some uh, insight on a program that none of us had any any anything to say intelligently about. So we really appreciate uh, All right. We really appreciate you private school guys coming down here and just – Shedding some, uh, dropping some erudition yeah. on us. Um, All right. If we do this for basketball, can you you do basketball too, right? You're, I know. Yeah, I, I, mean, I enjoy your yeah. tweets during basketball. Commiserating. You have to like teach us the rules. Yeah, well, basketball team last couple years has been even worse than our football. Team. I know, but th- that makes for good Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baseball season comes around eventually, though. All uh, right. Yeah, awesome. There we go. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you, Thomas. Yeah, yeah thanks for hearing, bud. Yeah. Well, um, I guess. Oops. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to chat about before we get out of here? Um, yeah. Go. I mean, I I do. I do. I guess I'm a little curious. Like, you know, we talked a little bit about what what he's looking for from Vandy this weekend. Like, what do you guys want to see out of Georgia? on Saturday to feel like this game was worth being played. I want to give up a scoring opportunity on defense, and I want to see Sarah Fuller. I want to see Sarah Fuller try to kick a field goal. Um, I agree. I also want, which I think might happen because I think we might see, like, Nate McBride in the second quarter. Um, <laughs> and Nate McBride is when you know we've won. <laughs> Did you see Prather Hudson or Nate McBride? We're up by 20, and Kirby ain't worried about it. Is that a Nate McBride account? Um, I I think, and and uh, I think a lot of people have talked about this with more like cogency than I can because I don't know anything about quarterback mechanics. Um, I think it's pretty clear that at the sort of granular level, but JT Daniels is still knocking off some rust. I mean, he's definitely performed ably, but I think people who know how quarterback should be played better than me have said that, you know, um, he hasn't been punished for some mistakes and he's had some just mechanical things. So to me, it's just like, get the guy two full quarters of play and it doesn't really matter. Like, I, I don't want to be dismissive about this game, but it is really house money. We played all the games I want us to play. Any other game we play this year is like cool. That helps our next year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I will. I want to get to Missouri. I think Missouri would be a good game because I don't think we're going to see a lot. You know, two quarters of JT Daniels would be great, but I really want to play a Missouri team that's playing hungry, that's exceeded expectations. They're playing. Yeah. I would love to go there. I would love for it to snow. 
Um, you know, I would love. Yeah. I would be. That would be fun. I'm looking. That would be fun. And and uh, yeah. but yeah, I mean, obviously we we're already looking ahead. So. Um, well, I mean, I I just think it's it's weird, but in a season where you don't have spring practice and where you're starting a guy who didn't have any practice before, like September. Um, you just want shots on goal. Like, I just want yeah. him to throw the ball like 20, 30 times. And not because I want him to score three touchdowns. I don't care if he has two interceptions. Like, I just, just like get the guy in live reps, right? And if, if everybody stays healthy and they get in live reps, and I don't mean this as a, I don't mean the statement to be dismissive or nasty to Vanderbilt. I think Georgia could pretty much tell Vanderbilt they were running only the inside zone and still win. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Probably not scoring more than three points against this UGA defense, even the third team. And I think UGA could win like 23 to three if they just ran inside zone. Literally only that play. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not joking. Um, and so to me, I mean, seriously, like, this no, is sort I mean, of. I think you're right. I'm not disagreeing. This Vanderbilt this team is bad in a way that it was not possible to be bad in before 2020. Like it was not possible to just. This is like, it's. This is like almost the only thing I can think that's analogous is if you have like, fifteen guys are in a like apartment uh, bus like party bus and it gets in a car wreck and they all get concussions and you just lose fifteen guys randomly in the middle of the season like that's there's nothing analogous to this in the history of modern college football and so like. And I mean, there's no disrespect to Thomas, who I'm very happy came on, or any Vanderbilt fan. Like, UGA is winning this game, and I'm more sure of that than I have been of, like, any take that I've ever said in front of a camera, microphone, or uh, yeah. keyboard. Um, so, really, it's just about depth, right? Play G.T. Yeah. Daniels. We want to see Nazir Stackhouse. You want to see Zion Lowe. You want to see... Is Major Burns still hurt? I think so, think so. yeah. You want to see more Lewis seen. Um some of the guys maybe backing up at cornerback, right? Uh, yeah. Just, I, I, speed. You want to see like some of these freshmen. Um, I mean, I guess any, I guess any of the seniors. You know, obviously, I think the seniors that are second and third teams should. You know, maybe, oh, yeah. I mean, maybe they even get a start. You know, I mean, is, I cool. mean, if Nate McBride gets a start, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, and yeah. I don't mean that in any way. Like, I think it would be yeah. good. I mean, I think for me, it's like as much as I agree that. JG Daniels could could use the live reps. Like, I also just don't think there's any way in hell that Kirby Smart lets us throw the ball more than 16 to 18 times on Saturday. Um, yeah, and Jordan won't have to. But like, I do. I mean, the the connection between Pickens, I want to continue to see that. If we do have a deep ball, I want to see him trust that back leg because like the mechanics issue that you're referring to, Nathan, and like. And I'm not a quarterback expert either, but just, like, from what I see watching film, like, the deep balls that he threw against Mississippi State that were, you know, way out there and were on point, he was pushing off his back leg a lot differently than he did on that underthrow to Jermaine Burton on the wheel against South Carolina. So, like, that's great. But I I, I do want to see, like, I want to see Sarah Fuller kick the field goal. I do. Like, I want it, I want it to happen. Yeah, same. And I, yeah, and I mean, I think, like, above all, you know, I had this kind of moment on a Saturday night during, like, South Carolina where, like, it was actually the most fun I've had watching a Georgia football game in, like, at least two or three years, probably probably since at least 2018, just because 
the offense wasn't like this massive, like unrealized potential and frustration and, and bad play calling and all that. So it's like I I think that Monken is really good and Daniels is really good and like just letting them continue to do their thing and find that flow. But I also like Georgia doesn't need to show anything on tape against Vanderbilt that they haven't shown already this year. Like just yeah. go out there, be vanilla, do your thing, develop some chemistry. And I do think like there is possibility you know, Georgia is – they just came out with the playoff rankings for the week. Like, Georgia's number eight in the CFP rankings, so, like, they're probably going to get into a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, so there is still, like, potential that, like, this team could play somebody good that would be yeah. exciting. In Cincinnati. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would hate to play Cincinnati because that's a total lose-lose for us. But uh, if we play them, I want to beat them. So, like, I, I think – We've seen Georgia get better every week this season. Um, let's continue that. Uh-huh. All right. Fun. Thanks. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Nathan. That was fun. Yeah. Graham, as always. It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Um, if you like what you heard here today, you should check us out on Twitter at Chapel Bell Curve and at the Battle Hymnal. You can also check us out on our personal Twitters at Nathan J. Lawrence, at Dog Out West, and at Dog underscore Stats. If you want to support uh, our cause and we think get access to a great community, uh, then you can hit us up at patreon.com forward slash chapel bell curve. Uh, we are donating all of our proceeds this year, minus expenses, to the Dogs for Pups campaign, which is a really cool um, player-led initiative that UJ Football is doing this year. Uh, come on out. We'll talk about games and play games, and we'll be real dumb, and you'll enjoy all of it. Uh, we will catch you this weekend in the Classic City, maybe. And if not, until then, go Docs. Go Docs.